One, two, three, four. Hi. Show business, baby. <laughs> That's right. This is For the Girls podcast. It's a show business podcast. I am <laughs> Nick Westrate. Yeah, that's right. We we Who are you? Uh, hi, I'm Jason Black and we get into the fucking biz, all right? Like up to date biz news. <laughs> this is basically just This is the lady biz news. <laughs> Specifically we talk about ladies in the biz. <laughs> in the business we call show. No, it's really a diva podcast. It's a podcast about gay, lesbian, queer, bisexual, trans, asexual plus people who have been obsessed with old-fashioned divas since they were kids or you know yeah i mean we're we're long in the tooth but also young fashion divas we welcome that yes come yes uh new divas um tina uh, turner (laughs) tina turner or cindy lopper that kind of type (laughs) those kind of new divas we're ready for them (laughs) we don't just talk about salsa gabor we're show business baby (laughs) show business um jason who's this a podcast for um this is a podcast for mamas this is also a podcast for second daughters this is a podcast for joey's This is a podcast for women who just want to eat. This is a podcast for gay daddies and gay husbands. This is a podcast for Australian tornadoes of emotion. This is a, um, this is a podcast for rainbows. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is a podcast for you. Yeah, that's okay. right. You listening right. right now. Thank you so much for tuning yeah. in this week. Welcome. Um, if it's your first time listening, uh, you are you're in for a treat because we are a super professional multi-million dollar podcast that spans throughout the world and you have a lot of catching up to do. But we're here for you for that. We're here for you. We're here. We're here in our hot apartments kind of rack on a raggedy day. Yep, and so you're going to hear lots of stuff from out the window. Like, if you hear honks, that's from my apartment in New York. And if you hear birds twittering, that's Jason's apartment in L.A. Or, yeah, I was reprimanded for not... Sh- if you hear ice shaking, to try to prove a point with my Diet Coke. Yeah, that's Jason. I, uh, that's me. <laughs> that's me. That's me. Real time. So, hi, uh, Jay. What have you been up to hi. all week? Hi. I haven't talked oh, to you in two you know weeks. What? I'll t- two weeks? I, um, yeah, we haven't done this for two weeks. Because last week was our last in the can episode, which was so great. Love Connie. Love you for coming on. Love Connie. John Cantwell. Genius. So great. Kind of hard to listen to, uh, our younger selves. Like, what I I consider our much, much younger, innocent selves. Was it hard to listen to? No, no, it's fine. I'm being dramatic. But I, (laughs) but it definitely, they're definitely... Uh, time has become so relative, and but so anytime I do actually try and place things in time and space, I was like, "Wow!" And that that taping, kiddos, was like just a short couple weeks right before the world fell apart. So yes, just yes. like that's like like one of the last documents of listening to ourselves, you know, in just a completely different time. But um, but I'm in a different time because speaking of showbiz, I found a, an absolute heaven on earth yesterday did you you have diva news i yeah it is diva news it is fucking diva news it's diva mom fucking news what did you find i found a little show that netflix uh is releasing it's it's releasing it not necessarily in a series i don't know if they had like seasons it's a compilation and it's supermarket sweepstakes bitch what 
It's it's literally like someone plugged me into like the <laughs> what matrix. What is that? It's where like it's like it's it's three different groups of two, and they're all in a supermarket. Now, y'all, I love things set in supermarkets. Anything set in a supermarket gets me raging. Places in like, the heart. The mist. <laughs> the mist. Yeah. You know that I want I was to searching be. for like another supermarket movie. Well, the other, but, well, I am the other supermarket movie. I, I want to work and I want to work as the pepper expert in oh, the supermarket in Paradise in Cabot Cove. Cove. Yes, so I'm very tied to supermarkets. I do find them <laughs> tranquil, and so and so this is all set in a supermarket. I think it's a fake supermarket, but I'm not. I'm going to let myself believe that. And they, it's a group, two groups of three groups of two peoples, mostly uh, women. And it's all it's like all straight 1990s fashion, and they have to like play trivia games about food items, and then run down the aisles to like get food items, and then they score minute points, and at the end they all have to race to like get the most expensive items in the supermarket, and like find and play clues it's amazing <laughs> does this make sense no it's it doesn't well it does because it's everything and it's all about supermarkets <laughs> and it's just a bunch of people knowing like old brands from the 90s <laughs> and like get, uh, getting clues about the brands and then scoring points <laughs> babies it's i'm not kidding you it's so tranquil like i'm i'm going to wean myself i'm only gonna allow myself an episode every three days so that it's totally so 20 minutes so it goes by like that it goes by very fast <laughs> doesn't that sound fun though come on doesn't that sound fun is it new contestants every episode yes but yes bitch well i didn't they know have, if it like, was like the great british bake-off and you got to get attached to the guests you don't like get ep- attached to anyone except for like hairstyles looks like <laughs> is there a host Yes, yes. There's kind of, he's kind of a cheese dick, but um, <laughs> but it's everyone else that's just so good, and they get so excited, and they know so much about supermarkets. I was like, oh my god, I would do so well. I would study so hard at my supermarket. It's just, and you could tell they really studied, so they know. <laughs> it's and it just feels so inspiring. Um, like this it's very dark. inspiring. This is, you've, is gone, it? <laughs> you've gone to a dark place. <laughs> I understand that it seems dark, but it also seems very inspiring. And like, I felt like whole in a way. I felt whole, and I felt I'm, I'm happy for creative. you. I'm happy. For Thank you. you. <laughs> okay, so my um, you my diva news is um, that uh, I just think everyone should be watching Michaela Cole's show. I may destroy you on Purple wow. HBO. I don't know if you guys notice HBO is now purple. It's is it? <laughs> Yeah, HBO Max, or as I call it, Purple HBO. I and love HBO Max. It's classy. <laughs> it is classy. Um, I just love it so much. I'm obsessed with her show, Chewing Gum. I have been for years, but they took that off Netflix. So I hope that she is moving that to Purple HBO and that she's making millions of dollars from that move. But I hope it happens soon so that we can do a Chewing Gum episode because it's my fav- one of my favorite shows ever on Earth. Um, it's such a it's it's a hilarious I may destroy you is hilarious and scary and queer as fuck and just really 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 great everyone should watch it um, and what else am I watching on purple HBO oh the I'll be gone in the dark series diva you should know Michelle McNamara's series about the Golden State Killer is amazing and 
Oh, I watched, I told you this, I watched Secrets and Lies the other night on Purple HBO. Oh, is that on on, on Purple HBO? Yeah, you Go? need to do it. You need to do oh, it. Oh, wow. It's okay, amazing. It's Brenda Blethyn yeah, and Marianne Jean-Baptiste from the 90s, and it's one of my, it's two of the greatest performances ever on film. Two divas you should all know. Um, but other than that, we have big, big So news. we gave you choices. <laughs> so we gave you four choices of things to watch since we're all still staying inside. Um, but we have some pretty big news to announce to all of you battle angels out there. If you're new to the podcast, you're now called a battle angel. Just hop on board, go back, listen to previous episodes, and you'll get, you'll understand better. Battle Are we talking about me being president of podcasts? Is that our big news? <laughs> I'm the president of this podcast. I want s- supermarket sweepstakes. <laughs> he used to be the vice president, but now he's the president and I'm the vice now president. I'm the, now I'm, I'm the president, okay? <laughs> he's on top now. He used to be the vice president. That's what happens. You become vice and you become the real one. <laughs> So, um, no, what are we talking about, Jay? What's our big announcement to the Battle Angels? <laughs> yeah, uh, we're doing it. We're, we're, okay, we're going to try to do a Patreon, okay? We're yeah. Gonna do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going to yeah. give you the opportunity to finally give us money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been, you've been asking. You've been trying to Venmo. We, did, we decline it. <laughs> we um, decline your Venmos all the time. And now we're going to take them. Uh, start yeah, yeah. yeah starting in August we are going to start uh, a Patreon and what that means is you will still get the podcast weekly as you normally do don't freak out but also if you give us a little bit of money on the Patreon you're going to get additional episodes what are they going to get on the Patreon Jay oh my goodness they're going to get so much um, you might get me doing play by play of supermarket sweepstakes I don't know this is a new thing so I, that, that's specific that's very specific I haven't even talked to Nick about it don't, there's that yeah, we definitely <laughs> haven't talked to Nick about that one <laughs> we um, we're going to we're going to do battle angel playlists that, that we come up with we're going to do outtakes like you guys may think oh, God, these yeah. episodes are long but they're actually like about 45 minutes longer than this and I have to cut them out so we're going to give you that for free yeah just some just just jointed just just jointed non sequitur um conversations rambling really laughing just audio of laughing we're um, gonna watch we, we nick and i have been kind of um things that we don't feel like are substantial enough uh to go into the real i guess we, the real episodes are like sick sitcoms and so we're watching sitcoms and we want to, we're going to get on that hot mic and just free flow on episodes and seasons. Mm-hmm. And it's, we are going to have exclusive Golden Girls episodes on the Patreon. We're going to have exclusive Designing Women episodes on the Patreon. So we're not going to I thought talk- we weren't talking specifics. Well, those two we can, right in the oh, outline. Okay. I tried to be vague. <laughs> but we are oh. going to give you full bonus episodes. There will be, every month you will have full bonus episodes about things of course, diva and diva adjacent. But like Jay said, maybe something a little more off the beaten trail than usual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're, we're it's like we're gonna keep to the content. You know, I'm, I'm interested in doing uh, queer cult camp stuff that re- that wouldn't necessarily completely fall into our real podcast, but that you know, 
yeah, we might Patreons therefore. We might just hop on the mic and talk to you about the Real Housewives of New York City because we're we're not a Real Housewives podcast, but we talk about that a lot. So anything that we talk about, we will continue taping. We might just tape our normal normal phone calls and just put them up there. And listen, like, okay, we we aren't planning on building our million dollar mansions with this money. We're just we're just needing some help so that when we maybe need a a sponsor or guest to come and see us. Yeah, pay for equipment or pay pay for for our website. You know, the basic just cover the basic costs of the podcast. Yeah, after we made our first million dollars on the podcast, we spent all of it. And now we just need some help um, mm-hmm. defraying the costs. And we'll do anything on the Patreon. What do you guys want to do? Send us your messages. I, you know, we know you love to fucking DM us on Twitter and on Instagram. So keep doing that. And we will just make more and more diva fuckery for you. And we've actually we've we've done a couple, and they're kind of they're they're going to be raw 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 dogs, and um, uh, they're not going to really we're not doing cut ins a lot of it or or edit in, so it's just us just kind of talking, and we're it's kind of fun, it's kind of freer and fun, and yeah, yeah it's not all restricted and uptight like the <laughs> yeah, episodes it's not, usually it's not, are. It's, it's not like we're it's not the the normal um, official reporting that we do um, on the showbiz divas. Uh, it's just a little bit more lighter. So, but you have, they're fun. They're really fun. It's actually, be really I'm, fun. I'm into them. Yeah. Like, legit. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you more updates as the month of July torches on. But what are we covering today, Jay? Well, our third, third, third time's a charm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say this is really, truly the second time, right? I mean, well, no, maybe the third time. Maybe the, I would what say the third think? time. But we're doing Judy Garland. Well, we're doing me the, and my shadows. Yes, the ninth, the two thousand one uh, biopic of Judy Garland, "Me and My Shadows," starring divas Judy Davis and Tammy Blanchard. And this, yeah, like Jason said, this is kind of our third touch at the hem of Judy Garland because we have an episode when Gaga's "A Star Is Born" came out. We did an episode analyzing all. Four versions of A Star is Born, which was pretty amazing of us to do. You can go back and download that episode and then rate, review, and subscribe this podcast and share it with everyone you've ever met. And then we did Judy the Movie with Renee Zellweger last year. Academy Award winning Renee Zellweger for yes the Judy Garland performance, which you did not know when we taped. We do know now. We knew. We <laughs> we knew we knew we knew we I I know but after seeing this I'm like do we know right right after seeing Judy Davis I'm like do we really know um so yeah so you want to get into it yeah okay so so this is so me and my shadows this is based on a book by um, Judy's second daughter mm-hmm. the middle child Lorna Luft um, and it was called Me and My Shadows a family memoir uh, live and then under it living. Living with the legacy of Judy Garland, which I think is really important because I'm I when I just read that didn't read the book, Kins. No, we didn't. No, we did not. But when I read that, I was like, oh, I wonder if the source material is much different than what the movie turned out to be. Well, there's I, some additional I, shit that I found out. Oh, girl. Oh, girl. But I'll tell you later. 
So it's based on her book, and I think it, I think I'm assuming that the book really comes from Lorna's perspective a lot. You know, kind of her cancer, but like has more Lorna in it than the movie. The movie is a pretty straight up biopic. Yeah, it's straight up beginning, middle, end of <laughs> Judy's life bio biopic realness, and I love biopics so hard. How and, long do we think? Because this was. We'll tell you origins on this, but what, you think it's four hours? Three, three It was half? originally four hours with commercials. Right. right. So I think it aired on, I don't know, it must have been four different nights or two different nights. Two different nights, because my origin is, I, I watched it live <laughs> as oh, a hot really? 16-year-old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I watched it live in my kitchen, and I did that classic micro... My, was your all parents... This is very, like, 90s microwave popcorn doesn't that seem very 90s yeah to you no i mean i still make i still make microwave popcorn no but you guys were popcorn maniacs queens Queens. you were popcorn queens you would have it any time of day oh any time of day my mom still does uh have it any time of day and so um so yeah i and i remember it was like a really mature viewing for me and i and i also remember like the like being like whoa i'm so committed i'm going back the next night to finish this Mm. like grand saga of someone that I had loved as a kid from Wizard of Oz but at 16 I didn't really know Judy's I didn't know Judy's life so this was my first time actually being exposed to the trauma of her life so Mm. it was a lot a lot to take on and I did. I did not watch it at the time. I, my, I, I this this movie came out in 2001 and it must have been 9-11 or something but I missed it so I had seen it before as an adult, like I've watched it before online, but this viewing really felt like my first full sit down with the whole thing. It's on YouTube now. If you it, all y'all can just pause the episode, go watch it. It's only three hours because they cut the commercials out, which is kind of a bummer because I love commercials from back then. But I know, I know. I, I bet, I bet things like I don't know sweepstakes. Supermarket. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what we missed. Okay. But um, part one starts with Judy as a very little girl being on the road with her mother, Ethel, played by another diva icon, Marsha Mason. Marsha, yeah. Marsha Mason, who probably... I would say most of you don't know who Marsha Mason is. <laughs> Definitely not. She was nominated for an Oscar for the film The Goodbye Girl with uh, Richard Dreyfuss, which is an adaptation of a Neil Simon play. And she was also in a little movie called Stella with our diva Bette Midler. Um, she's a big stage actress and did a lot of movies in the 80s and 90s and then kind of went back to the stage for the last 20 years or so. Yeah, and so so it opens up with her her mama, her best mama Rose impersonation, mm-hmm. uh, shepherding Judy and her sisters on stage during a Christmas performance at um, Judy's father's theater. Because yes. Judy's father owned a, a, a bunch of movie theaters. Because Judy's that father was, was a faggot. Yeah, that's it's real subtle too. <laughs> they oh, show. it's so subtle, girls. <laughs> He's standing it's at like, like the side of the stage while Judy's performing, and he grabs this other guy's hand. And somehow Marsha Mason can see this perfectly from the audience. She uh, but everyone can. Every, everyone. He's literally standing by the fucking Christmas tree holding some young young boy's hand. I was like... It was cute, though. I was I was, was shook. Cute. I was shook. Yeah, I was feeling it. But, okay, I was but just, maybe I was just like, maybe step a little bit behind 
I know. I didn't understand the why they were so on stage for that. But um, I was also amazed by the this quote at the beginning. So there's this voiceover, which is supposed oh, to be Lorna Luft, I imagine. Like Didn't that kind of get to you, though? I was like, okay, stop. <laughs> I know. I did, I did have a note at one point. I was like, oh, this voiceover. <laughs> but one of the first quotes is... It's hard to be a legend's child. She's everywhere I turn. Like a shadow. It's remarkable, really, how much of our life begins before we're even born. And I was like, fuck. That's mm-hmm. the truth. Do you know who that voiceover is, though? I, I wanted. I didn't look it up. Who was oh, it? Oh shit! Oh shit! It's full. Shit. I know it wasn't Lorna. Lorna it's don't fucking sound like Cynthia that. Gibb. Oh, a real Gypsy herself. Cynthia Gibb for the uninitiated played Gypsy <laughs> in in Bette Midler's version of Gypsy. So it's got all this is deep weeds diva nonsense. This, this is, is some nineties diva esoterica. Diva nonsense. Oh my gosh, wait, that's actually epic. Wait, oh, okay, okay. All right, well, good for her. She needed that check. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. 2001. Cynthia Gibb, right in. Bane Gibby, if you know (laughs) Cynthia Gibb, tell her to listen to this episode because we love her. Um, But young Judy, after, like, she's a baby Judy, is played by diva Tammy Blanchard. Another diva you probably do not know. (laughs) Don't know. But this performance but is amazing. Bitch. And she won an Emmy for this. She, this is a kind of her first big role. She was on Soaps before this. I think she was on Guiding Light right before this. But she's mainly a Broadway performer, Tammy Blanchard, which isn't true. She's been in tons of movies. Yeah, she, uh, yeah she's still getting hers. She's still yeah. getting it. She's she just did that movie checked. Tallulah a few years ago with mm-hmm. Alice and Janney and them. She's, she's really good. Oh, what else? Oh, she was in Won't You Be My Neighbor, the uh, Mr. Rogers yep. movie with Marielle Heller directed. She's great in that. So Tammy still has a great career. Um, and I've met her several times because she did How to Succeed with Nick Mayo. Oh, and they're up. like best pals. And then I met shut her again because I saw her do Iceman Cometh on Broadway with Colm. And I met her at the after party to that. And she's so nice. Is she stunning? Because she's so stunning. She's Very so, stunning. Um, smoky, stunning. I mean, sexy. This, she's a real I, bombshell. Bombshell. Yeah, classic kind of bombshell. And I, I you know, I, like I said, I saw this when I was a hot 16-year-old. And um, I can say that about myself. I, I, of course, I remember Judy Davis. You know, that was my revelation. My new revelation was Tammy. Mm-hmm. It's, it is, it is so, I'm getting shivers. It's so eerie. <laughs> like, you just have to squint your eyes just slightly, and it's like you're just watching Judy Garland. Papa, how many times have I told you not to call me that? My name's Judy. <laughs> Judy Garland. Yeah. That time, right? Like, it's, it, it, it is it's, un, it's an uncanny resemblance. Yes. And she also has, Tammy has the kind of really broke, like, she's been broken open quality. And it's just perfect for Judy. She's like filled with this kind of gorgeous trembling fear. Yeah, she has that. She has that kind of. Um, yeah, the trembling is the best word. The kind of nervous mm-hmm. giggle. The kind of nervous giggle, and the, but also joy there too. Yes, so yes, it's like, so much joy, and so it's like and her humor, her combination. But yeah. I love that part where she's talking to her accompanist, who's played by John Benjamin Hickey, and. She talks about her voice 
like she's they tell her that she's too loud and she talks about it almost like it's this power within her that she can't control a good song sells itself you don't have to give it any extra help oh <laughs> my mother told me i should always sing loud she used to bill me as little miss leatherlungs oh i see well it's uh, not always how loud you are that matters it's more about what you're feeling inside so you just be yourself but nobody likes who i am mr Eden. And Francis Gum has one of the best voices I've ever heard. I get so scared sometimes, Mr. Edens. You see, I don't know where that voice comes from. It's a gift. But does that mean it can be taken away? Not if we work real, real hard. Yeah, so in, so in that scene, they, she talks about how uh, she has problems with her vibrato. And which, which is so fascinating. And I'm so glad that that did not get beaten out of her because that's what she's known for is that mm-hmm. kind of uncontrolled vibration of her voice. Yeah. And that shaky, is she going to make it? Like yeah. passion in her voice. Um, yeah, it's, because, o- yeah, it's almost like this, uh, it, this, like the sound just erupts out of her, Judy Garland. And the other thing about this movie is they... they they use actual Judy recordings and the actors lip sync to them. So it, which was so good for me. It just really felt like Judy was in the room. You made me love you. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. You made me love you. And all the time you knew it. I guess you I don't care what happens, let the whole world stop. As far as I'm concerned, you'll always be the top boss. You know you made me love you. Yeah, and I feel like actually sometimes I feel like it, it's hard to say. So in the Renee's in the Renee, Renee sings all of the songs, mm-hmm. and and maybe it's because Renee's didn't have so much of a mimicry to her. She kind of was Renee as Judy Garland almost, and so right. I feel like if she had to all of a sudden go into Judy's voice, it would be really strange to me. Right. But it worked so, uh, so it, it was just so also like they did so they had to do so much work on those lip syncs. They're incredible. They're incredible. Some of the best I've ever seen. I mean, seen. playing a diva in a biopic is my actual dream of my life. Is if it I would, really? If I would get to like lip sync. Is it really? Like if I would get to like lip sync Annette Benning scenes in like some of her movies. Like that's, I think I would play Annette Benning in the biopic. If I get to play like uh, like a female diva. Uh, who so your you... lip singing is just doing the monologue on the couch. Uh, I guess the kids so. Are all right. I don't know. That's your. Yeah. That's your big. That's your big. You're wearing uh, like you. They can't see you. Have that like. Uh, you have a comforter over your over your knees, but you're wearing tights and dance taps on. I, exactly. Just getting into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I love that. No, that is you. You do actually love to be to do a performative uh, moments. Yes, yeah. I do. It really is. Oh, did you know by the way that this miniseries was originally for Annette Benning. Really? Yeah. 
This was made as a vehicle for Annette. Isn't that crazy? Um, would have yeah. also been kind of amazing. I would have also been, been kind of amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I could totally see that. Yeah. Um, okay. So my first cry cue in this, I cried twice in this movie. My first one was when John Benjamin Hickey comes back to her to tell her. He, he says, "Congratulations, you're Dorothy." <laughs> and I lost. I was like, "Oh." Tammy Blanchard is so beautiful because in the movie, you realize that Judy Garland, they say that they got the Wizard of Oz for her and then they take it away from her and they say that they're gonna, it's going to be Shirley Temple. Yeah, they try to give it to Shirley Temple because she was a bigger name. Mm-hmm. But Shirley Temple couldn't fucking sing, bitch. So they gave also it to she, Judy. Also because I, we, we've talked about, we talked about this when we did um, the, the Renee's Judy. Um, in that, in that, in the Renee's Judy, they focus mainly on kind of more. I found it the more I think about it, I'm like, that's pretty fucking morbid and a little grotesque. That they only focus on like the last three months of her life, but they do do flashbacks. And so we talked about it in there where how like Judy was part of a, um, a system of Hollywood. Yeah. And the, the studio system. So she had these long system. seven year contracts with the studio and she would have to do whatever the studio gave her and go to the studio's classes like she would have to go to like singing class and dance class and like math class i don't know did, did they make judy garland do like algebra i hope not i don't know but the, but like but truth fact is that uh most of her most of her life especially in her earlier ages you know this is a child she was constantly told what an ugly person she was mm-hmm. i've tried everything she still looks like a hunchback i have curvature of the spine it runs in the family they're going to have to get you a physical therapist honey your posture's all wrong. Yeah, but what about the face? See, the eyes are good, but the teeth are crooked. Taken care of. Put these in. Here. And so they put rubber bands in her nose to lift her, to literally lift her nose up and false teeth to, cut, to make her teeth look straight. So mm-hmm. she spent all of that young time all the way up until Meet Me in St. Louis. Um, and, and they don't show this in the movie, but it wasn't until a makeup artist was like, no, honey, you're beautiful. Like, I can help you just enhance, but you're already a beautiful person. But so that was like a decade of her just being, of having to torture herself. And also then constantly telling her that she's fat. Which makes right. me nuts in this movie. Like that scene where she goes to eat the hamburger with Mickey Rooney and they force her to eat some soup instead. Hey, she's having the same as me. Orders from upstairs. Sorry. I just, everyone just eat whatever you want. For fuck's sake, like, I can't deal with this. Like, just eat food. Like, eat a lot of plants, <laughs> but eat it. I'm so tired of people being hungry. Well, I'm, I'm tired of people thinking that food has to be, like, is guilty or bad. It's like, if you're going to eat it, enjoy it. Like, if you need to reevaluate something, but, like, don't, don't punish yourself for enjoying food. I find that to be really sick and so much time wasting yeah. of like, like it's a privilege to have food. It's a privilege to have like decadent food. Like if you're going to do that, enjoy it. Don't, 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 um, don't beat yourself up during while you're doing it. It's just what a waste, what a gross waste. I mean, but Judy couldn't because again, she was in the system. The reason why Shirley Temple couldn't actually do Wizard of Oz was not only that she couldn't sing, but that she was part of the Fox system. And they mm-hmm. wouldn't release her from her contract over to do MGM. Right. Uh, so that's why then it went back to Judy. And she got, you know, AFI, consider, you know, this is AFI's, like, number one song of all time is Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Like, the greatest. 
The greatest movie, <laughs> movie song ever. ever. Yeah. The greatest movie, the greatest movie song ever. The greatest it, diva song. It's amazing. Well, it is. It is like the ultimate gay anthem. You know, at least for a certain generation it was. You know? I, yeah. I think for multiple generations, because it obviously expresses that need to... To be able to find a place that you can actually be happy in, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a mythical place because you can't, it does, it's not real. <laughs> like there isn't right. like, uh, you know, for a lot of people there isn't like, oh, I can just go to this next neighborhood and feel safe. So there's a there's a fantasy in that too. Some place where there isn't any trouble. Do you suppose there is such a place, Toto? There must be. It's not a place you can get to by a boat or a train. It's far, far away. Behind the moon. Beyond the rain. somewhere and your trauma is taken away right whereas like you actually are just going to take your trauma to that place just like dorothy does in oz like she that's why all of these scary things manifest themselves in oz because they existed for her in kansas you know and she takes her trauma there and then realizes you know she has to go home and you know deal with her actual life which is the studio didn't tr- thought that the audiences of the thirties were too sophisticated to believe in a full fantasy. And so that's why they created, um, all of it happening in a dream sequence. So oh really? Yeah. They were like, oh, right. no one's going to buy this as a fantasy as just a full blown, like that she goes, that she ends up in Oz. And so a lot of it, but is I still think it actually, in the book, is she not from Kansas? No, she is from Kansas, and a tornado does sweep her up, but it's just, it's like... It doesn't uh, have the dream explaining away at the, the end. The dream, yeah, at the end, where she, like, kind of wakes up. But even then, it's still, you're still, I don't know, there's still, like, some kind of magic there. But yeah, it doesn't have, it doesn't try to be like, oh, she was just in a concussion. Right. Whereas in the she book, it's, like, us. actually...
eventually the wizard who like actually like flies her back in that balloon right. and like drops her right. on the lawn. And like yeah. a real tornado sweeps her up and like throws her away from Kansas. Right, yeah. right, right. right. Uh, and so one of Judy's, <laughs> one of Judy's best friends, which I love this relationship and I love the depiction of this relationship is, is another um, MGM star, Mickey Rooney. They did so many pictures together um, and he really protects, at least in this depiction. And I, I like to believe it's true. He really protects Judy throughout her life. And mm-hmm. they actually, she continues like, I'm jumping around here, but it's not in the, it's not in the film, but when she did that one year of the most amazing, which we'll get to TV show on CBS in the sixties, Mickey Rooney, she were, she requested and demanded was her first guest. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And they were like such a huge celebrity couple together too. Like after they made so many films together and then they would tour the country doing basically a vaudeville circuit of performing at the openings of these films and doing questions and answers and signing autographs and posing for pictures and it seems like fucking exhausting. I, I wrote, being a child actor is so intense. Yeah. Like, the, her, she, they had her and Mickey open uh, to, for two nights for The Wizard of Oz, something that Mickey Rooney wasn't even in. But right. they had to go and perform for, uh, on stage for like two hours. It's like, oh my God. Oh my God. It just... Little Miss Mara Wilson never had to do that. It's a pretty. It's also a pretty cute in depiction of when they introduce the drug taking for her. It's like a pretty like jolly like oh just give her these pills to boost her up and give her these if she's having trouble sleeping. Well, yeah. Well, and I also believe that like I like that because it wasn't they weren't trying to be like secretive or nefarious. This was an actual doctor's prescriptions. This is what this is what everyone there wasn't you know. Right. Uh, there, there wasn't like, oh, no, this is actually detrimental to her. This is what is going to be able to keep her functioning and doing her job. Right. Like they, addiction at that time of, of those substances, I don't think was as known as we obviously know them to be now. And how, well, for Judy, how they, that was just going to be her lifelong thing. Yeah. Um, so be running on these. On these uppers and downers. Also, is, she's taking them all on no food. She's like, right. has nothing in her system. <sighs> This that, that what are we fuck, <laughs> minute twenty in the mo- in the documentary or in yeah. the documentary of the <laughs> it's a, biopic it's the documentary the... um that fucking speed she has that such a beautiful thing with Artie Shaw that band leader who she's in love with that breakdown is so incredible and that <laughs> scene is f- must have been the Emmy clip for Tammy Blanchard right. After, after, he's, she after she finds out that he's getting married and she is with Marsha Mason and like freaks like, out. Get out! I love him, Mama. She didn't say anything to me, not a word. <laughs> well, really, what did you expect? To marry him? Yes, I did. He's a divorced man. At your age? It would ruin your career. <gasps> I'd marry Bluebeard to get out of this house. Look, you have to get up. You have to go to rehearsal. (laughs) No. No, I'm not going back there. Ever. Of course you are. No, I'm not, Mama. Don't you understand? Don't you see? I can't. I can't compete with those goddesses. And I'm... I'm Francis Gum. I'm nobody. Look, nobody expects you to be glamorous. And you don't have to compete with anyone. But you wanted this. You don't have a choice. (laughs) Now get up. You get out! Yes. Get out! Oh, she's amazing in this movie. It's uncanny. I mean, it's really, really, really like once in a lifetime kind of uncanny experience for me to watch 
this like young Judy. In fact, I kind of wish she was on it a little bit longer. Uh-huh. Uh, I- yes, because we go into part two, kids, where kids. Uh, where Diva of My Lifetime, Judy Davis, takes over and well, man, she- it's this amazing. It's a little too young. The, yeah, the way they shoot it is amazing. They shoot the scene from Meet Me in St. Louis on the trolley car, and they show it like the full number with this kind of background going by, and it's the full choreography, beautiful, all of that. Except Judy Davis is way too old, and she is in this <laughs> wig with this... the short bangs, like really short bangs. She's in like a detox, like wig. <laughs> it's a wig that detox would wear. <laughs> Um, oh. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this, kids. I can't wait to talk about this movie, uh, you know, in our 10,000 episodes. Meet Me in St. Louis is one of my all-time favorite films. It's so gorgeous. It's, it's so lush, full of life. beautiful. Uh, Vincent Minnelli directs it, um, soon to be... Uh, Judy's husband. Judy's husband. And he, he lets the camera just love her so much. And playback. My high starch collar and my high top shoes and my hair piled high up on my head. I went to lose a jolly hour on the trolley and lost my heart instead. With this light brown derby and this bright green tie, he was quite the handsomest man. I started to yen, so I counted to ten, then I counted to ten again. Clang, clang, went the trolley. Ding, 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 went the bell. Zing, 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 went my heart strings. From the moment I saw him, I fell. Chug, 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 went the motor. Bump, 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 went the brake. Thump, thump, bump, went my heart strings. When he smiled, I could feel the car shake. He tipped his hat and took the seat. He said he hoped he hadn't stepped upon my feet. He asked my name. I held my breath. I couldn't speak because he scared me half to death. It's really fun with the dude with the trolley scene. But you kind of get slammed into the... And she's still in her 20s. And God bless Judy Davis. She can do everything but maybe look maybe like not, she was 20. Yeah, No, she was not 20 at the time. She was in her 50s? 40s, 40s 50s, 40s, 40s, 50s. 40s, yeah, it was um, just a, it was a jump too far. Like you could tell they wanted to move to like the big star actress. But mm-hmm. it was like, I think they should have kept it Tammy Blanchard until 1950. Until that scene where she's at the restaurant and they meet Victor Garber. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's the exact time. Like, 
because she really looks like Judy in A Star Is Born, which is fifty three. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm like fifties, fifties, and is at the palace, and at the palace is perfect. Mm-hmm. Everything she mm-hmm. does at the palace is perfect. Now, just in case you guys don't know, for all the uninitiated, Judy Davis is an Australian film icon who has twelve Emmy nominations and four wins. She has one Oscar nomination that she was robbed for. Maybe two Oscar nominations. Did she get nominated for Passage to India? I don't think so. Right, so just Husbands and Wives, for which she was robbed, and I can't even really talk about that without crying, because I know it's a Woody (laughs) Allen movie, and we're not allowed to like them anymore, but I fucking love that movie, and her performance in it, to me, is she's one of my acting guiding stars in my life. This performance, I feel like, after you were like, I can't wait to go on, Nick Nick was like, listen, you can talk about um, Supermarket Sweepstakes for 40 minutes. I'm going to talk about Judy Davis for 40 minutes because it's a diva podcast. Um, hello? And I, when, I, I, when I think about her and husbands and wives, I, I see the template of what you want to be, what you are, what you're going to be. Oh, like It's just like she and I have a very similar, I think, neurotic um, kind of, oh, a very emotional, um, explosive kind of way of, or that's the kind of people we're attracted to playing. Um, anyway, I did a deep dive into her career this morning, and I just want to tell you a few things that are going to be coming up for all you battle angels. If not, I, I don't reg- even know. I don't if, even know. So. If not even on the regular podcast, maybe on the Patreon. <laughs> she did an Australian thriller in the 80s called Georgia, in which she plays both mother and daughter. So we're definitely going to do that at some point. <laughs> does she play the mother to the daughter? Yes. Duh. She plays both parts. There is a lesbian TV movie with Glenn Close called Serving in Silence, the Margaret um, Kammermeyer story. Albert Albert Nobbs' Revenge. <laughs> where they play lesbian lovers in the army. Absolutely. There is also um, a biopic she did on the Reagans called The Reagans in 2003 that was so controversial because it was a liberal slant on the Reagans that CBS canceled it and moved it to Showtime. It was that, people were so fucking pissed that, that they is were my like, "Queen, she did not pull a Meryl Streep and fucking lionize some fucking evil conservative." disastrous demon. She made her a fucking demon that she was, and I can't wait to watch that movie and watch Judy Davis take apart Nancy Reagan once and for all. We'll do that on the Patreon. Do you know the you know big what line? one girl I'm not for? Nancy Reagan. A girl I'm not for. Margaret <laughs> but I Thatcher am here for Ronald girl. Reagan because he was a good fucking actor. Um, <laughs> no, this is the... <laughs> <laughs> the big line that supposedly was got everyone in a tailspin is that they had they were having Ronald Reagan, which is not on record. He doesn't. There's no record of him actually saying it, but he, in reference to the AIDS homosexuals, he says something along the lines of like, "Well, when you lie in sin." Uh, Ronald Reagan is so gross. If if everyone doesn't know the reason, one of the main reasons so many people died of AIDS is because Ronald Reagan refused to do anything fucking thing about it for like seven years. Talk I mean, to my dude, friend he Elizabeth. He didn't even mention AIDS. He didn't even didn't say even the mention word it. AIDS. Talk to my friend Elizabeth Taylor about it because she'll tell you all about it. Um, one more thing, you know what Pauline Kale referred to Judy Davis as? What? A genius of moods. Mm. Isn't that and amazing? I love that. And also, like, here's the tea. Fuck, yeah, fuck creep, creep show, uh, nightmare Woody Allen. But what he can't take away from us is is my Diane Weist. It's mm-hmm. my Barbara Hershey. 
Uh, he and he is cannot my Mia take. Farrow. Is my crazy crazy Mia Farrow? <laughs> yeah, Mia Farrow. It, that's like, like you the two sides of the me. devil. Maybe you get to. I mean, I I mean, I, but but Mia, but but me, but Mia Farrow doesn't care. What he can and like, well, I I will not celebrate Woody Allen, but I think I will very easily celebrate Judy Davis and the lightning rod explosion that like that yeah. is her performances. All of her so. performances. Now, all of that to be said. In this part two of this movie, <laughs> when she is supposed what? to be young Judy, she's a bit lost. Like, there is kind of no Judy impersonation happening yet. It's a little like... Was this when I, like, texted you and I was like, I think this might have hit it harder when I was in the six, Yeah, 16. it's like she doesn't have, like... I yeah, think the reason weird. it should have been Tammy a little longer is because Judy doesn't really bring the joy, the Judy joy. It's like... It's it's weird. I mean, well, I but, wonder if she was she was maybe prepping to be the older Judy, yeah. and you know, it seemed like she was really under understanding the mannerisms and maybe had studied the older Judy and maybe seemingly wasn't. I don't know. I'm I, I'm I'm, not, I'm making all this up, but that's seemingly okay. We're, wasn't we're justifying for her. But I love this speech that she gives to Baz, baby Liza. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. Oh, for God's sake, Liza, can't you see Mama's busy? <laughs> oh. oh, Liza, sweetheart. Oh, Liza. Oh, Liza, sweetheart. I'm sorry. Mama's sorry. I didn't mean it. I really, I didn't mean it. I'm, I'm, I'm mad at the studio, not you. Do, do you understand? Never you. You know, making movies isn't always as much fun as it looks like when you come to visit. It's like playing, but it's hard. And, you know, people expect Mama to be happy all the time and to make them happy. And, and, and if I'm not, it gets hard for Mama. You know, then, then I get scared. You know, like you do sometimes. And, and if I'm not ready, they get mad at me. Same as I just got mad at you. Don't. And you know who that little baby Liza looked like to me? Baby, baby, uh, baby Elizabeth Taylor? No, it looked like Zelda Rubenstein. Oh, <laughs> it was this. not like I was like I kept being like I for my for I was I was I was reading that little that like four year old for filth. I was like, you don't look a goddamn thing like Liza. But then I thought like. <laughs> What does that mean? And what would a baby, like a toddler Liza, the look like? The teenage Liza looked amazing. As did the like kind of twenties yeah. Liza. Yeah, that Liza was incredible. I was like, fucking, sent her over to that um, Verdon Fossey show. Um, um, yes, she gets married to yes, and, and well, so Judy gets um, Judy Garland gets married to Vincent Minnelli, her first homosexual husband. Mm-hmm. Y'all, homosexuality, like, just talk about gay. It runs in the family. (laughs) Like, yes, Yes, they like they like to marry a gay a gay bird. Um, And like to have gay dads too. And Judy's daughter is Liza Minnelli. If anyone on this, lots of people who listen to this podcast don't know a lot about these this brand of diva. Um, So there was a baby Liza Minnelli, which is very exciting. But then when Judy goes to the psychiatrist. That scene with the psychiatrist is, to me, the definition of camp. Like, <laughs> like throw out Sontag, Sontag's notes on camp and just put this, like, scene on in the fucking lecture hall it's or on the Zoom or on the Zoom where you go to college. Yeah. It's the campest thing I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> 
Tell me about yourself. Tell me about Judy Garland. Which Judy Garland is that, Doctor? There's the little girl who just wanted to be a nurse. That was in Photoplay about 1937. Or maybe you'd prefer the Life magazine version. That one had Judy in a white blouse with the perfectly sweet little bow. Quite the homemaker. <laughs> the studio does everything it can to keep Judy Garland's star shining. <clears throat> all right, then. Tell me about Frances Gum. Oh, she's long gone. At least we all hope she is. <laughs> Nobody wanted her, especially not Judy Garland. She's too fat. She had a funny name. She was so boring, we had to get rid of her. Great voice, though. Judy Garland stole that voice. Uh, it's my body that's tired, Doctor. There's nothing the matter with my head. <sighs> it does. I mean, the thing kind of steers from kind of biopic of the, of your Sunday to to Judy Davis's camp car ride, yeah. and mm -hmm. and she gets like she gets like a classic boozy best friend. Um, along oh, for yeah. the ride. Who plays um, Kay Thompson. I, I, this line this line made me think of you. There's only one thing more pathetic than a woman drinking alone. What's that? Two, Two women, women drinking, drinking alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's so us. It's Sonia. That's so us. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sonia Smith who plays who plays Kay Thompson. She's great. She's, She's great. terrific. And She's you know terrific. you know who else I loved is Lottie. I was like, I was like, is that Mary Wicks? I swear to God, I was like, did Mary Wicks get like a yes. scene or two in here? And then, and then the other actors kept coming in as Lottie, the housekeeper. It's I, Jane Eastwood, who is like a very kind of character actressy, Mary Wicksy gal, who I love in this movie. Okay, but Judy Davis's camp car gets right into the right lane for me when they do this concert at the palace. This, this the movie sinks back up. The movie kind of finds its footing now. It goes into and some darkness there. for like forty minutes of part two, but then oh, she also there's this crazy scene where she slits her throat, <laughs> which I completely forgot about. Like like slightly slits slits her throat. Like she like nicks it on her on the side, and then like she like bicks it. It's like but ugh. this Judy at the palace. So Judy's career went through all of these ups and downs, and she would constantly be out of money and like lose having no money at all. So she would have to go back on the road, and and she couldn't. She was having a hard time doing films, as we've we've talked about this before, because she couldn't be insured, right? Because she was so unreliable because of her addiction to drugs and her mental health that no one would really have her in a movie anymore. So she goes back on the road and goes to the Palace Theater, and I, you know, when we were talking about what concert would you go back in time to see. Mm -hmm. I think it might be this one, even more than the Carnegie Hall concert. Right. Well, you always have... Yeah, okay. You have a good point because you're like, it's not documented. I want to see something yeah. that's never been documented so that I can have it. And I love that idea. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, I always think I would see Edith Piaf if I could go back just because we don't have it. But this Judy at the Palace would be maybe my second choice. Because, ugh, it's amazing. And Judy Davis doing this lip syncing is so fucking good. Yeah, sinks right in. I mean, this is kind of where she gets into her pocket as, as her, in her Judy performance. She is right in it. And the penultimate moment of it all is the Over the Rainbow. 
that's now her signature performance. You know, everyone wants her to do Over the Rainbow. Mm-hmm. And she does it in, this isn't politically correct, but like a hobo. It's a very bad outfit. Bet, but like she's, but it's like straight up just like ashen face. And she sits down. Not, and she's she, got she this like, Axel Rose fright wig on. Fright and this wig. Kind of silly hat. And she's got these big freckles painted on her. And she, she, so she takes out the glamour and just sits down on the stage and does it. And it's like she, something about inverting it, the beauty of it, you know, and making mm-hmm. it this, like adding it in there. It's that, I think that's such an interesting, powerful choice. And they do the entire song in the movie and they don't really cut away from her. It's just kind of this long shot of Judy Davis lip syncing to Garland's performance of the song at the palace. just about Judy Garland's pain. Why can't I get out of this pain? Why can't I find any happiness or any ease? Or if happy little bluebirds fly beyond the rainbow
this right now and turn it up. Liza has a story of going um, to like Lake Tahoe with her mother. And they're going into the dressing rooms to get on their bathing suits. And a real drunk woman is there. And she keeps like going up to Judy and being like, oh, Judy, the rainbows always have the rainbows. And Judy's like, yes, yes, okay, okay. And then Judy gets changed and she comes out and the woman keeps harassing her. And she's like, oh, you have no idea what the rainbow means to me. And like, you know, all of, oh, I just love the rainbow. And she's like, yes, I'm trying to check out. And the girl comes up again and she's again says, Judy, please always have the rainbows. And Judy turns around and goes, honey, I have rainbows coming out of my ass. (laughs) 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 Because literally imagine, imagine, you know, imagine living in the time of being of this song. I mean, it's like Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You levels. Like sing for us, sing for us. Like the nation owned this song and owned Judy Garland doing it. You know, mm-hmm. like it was inescapable of her to the point where she demanded that Liza never sing the song. And, and we covered this loved, in our Liza but... Minnelli episode when she sings a little bit of it in her concert. Well, at... Lorna Luff fully does it. Lorna Luff does it all. You can't get that. You can't get <laughs> Lorna, Lorna Luff to stop doing nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Lorna Luff is Lorna Luff. Was Wait, like, but, and then I should be scared of it. I was like, be scared a... of what, bitch? It's not yours. <laughs> There's a cut song, too, from this movie. If you really want to get it into the deep cuts. <laughs> if this isn't enough. If this called, fucking isn't enough. The, it's, and what's it called? Um, um, palace. It's called the Palace Song. It's called, if you haven't played the Palace, you might as well be dead. <laughs> and that's the it's, fucking truth. Get that tattooed on your forearm. Right. One forearm says that, and the other one just says Sister Rosetta Tharp. That's, those are your tattoos, kids. And the back says, live, laugh, fuck. <laughs> I played the state, the capital, and people said, don't stop until you play the palace. You haven't played the top for years. I had it preached to me and drawn to my head unless you play the palace you might as well be dead a team of hoofers was the headline at the majestic down in dallas but they of the trade when you had played the palace you knew that you were made so I hope you'll understand my wondrous thrill cause Vaudeville's back at the palace and I'm on the bill So in part three opens with Judy has made A Star is Born, the film, and she's pregnant with with Joey, with Joey, her third kid. And so they set up these cameras to like film her accepting the Oscar because it was like a foregone conclusion that she was going to win. So she's just had the baby. She's in the thing. They have all these cameras, all these lights on her, and she loses to Grace Kelly. And I just love how they 
call her Grace Kelly out for being a bad actress. Can't act. Yeah, this because is iconic. I know this it's is so documented. This moment that we that they put on on yeah. film. We've talked about how devastating it would be. But Fuck. yeah, then they get a get to have like a little inside. Um, Cut on old Grace. Can't act. And I know that's not for the girls, but Grace Kelly is not a great actress. I think that that is true. I like can't even imagine us doing a Grace Kelly episode. Grace Kelly stands right in. It's also heartbreaking because, you know, I mean, we can do whatever we play armchair psychologist, you know, however we want. And I actually think it's kind of dangerous. But in hindsight, we know that this was her last uh, major, major, major role. And the heartbreak of literally having to go through the process of having a child and then uh, have it be so have your comeback be so publicly a failure in a way. Yeah. All of that go, all of that going on with all of the stuff, Judy. You know, Judy has probably now spent multiple times trying to kick her addictions too. Uh, you know, during mm-hmm. all of this, not probably a great thing to come out of having a child and and that experience from. No, you know? it was obviously a she after the after that for the next ten plus years, things are kind of rough. Yeah, and she gets fat. And this fucking fat suit they do <laughs> this, in this movie. This, this fat, fat bloated suit. Judy look, though. That moment <laughs> that they give. Everything for me. Yeah. And I also think that it's when Judy Davis drops into her real Judy Garland impersonation. Kind of boo- boo- boozy, booze queen. Boozy queen. Yeah, I feel like I was like, oh, there she is. <sighs> I'm Dorothy, for God's sake. <laughs> Dorothy can't be broke. I've already had to take out two mortgages on the house. <laughs> Haven't you had enough? Oh, do we owe the liquor store, too? You're supposed to be taking care of things, Sid. What have you done with the money? It's always poor you, isn't it? Everybody's always doing something to you. Never you to yourself. I am what I am. You won't change me. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you and your custom-made suits and your fancy shoes. All my life, all my life, I've been the breadwinner. Hundreds of concerts, records, TV shows. I've worked my ass off. And you're telling me there's nothing? You show me that money, Sid. I... Empty your pockets. Come on, empty. I want to see my money. I want to see the children's money. <laughs> Judy. Where the hell do you think you're going? To a hotel. You can't go to a hotel. We can't afford it. Like, and this is part three, and I'm like, yes, this is where you are. I was like, that's Judy Garland right there. Also, I, I also like when she flirts with her, like, fourth husband and the, and the other Gayford. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like she was really Judy there, too. You know, like, oh, being yeah. kind of flirty. R- Roger's right. It was sensational. I mean, you're sensational. <laughs> I've been a fan of yours from way back. Oh, don't go too far back. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't mean to embarrass you. Oh, go on. Embarrass me a little more, Mr. Heron. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I wrote this. I was. I was. I read this in our what, notes. in the scene when they're yeah. watching her TV show. Yes. Yeah. 
Now that TV show is right. I think besides Carol Burnett, for me, one of the greatest variety, and it was only a season, but it only needs to be a yeah. season because I didn't know there was a male host to it. Cause I've never really seen full episodes. I've seen thousand clips, but did you know that there is a male host that would do no. skits with her? Yeah. Terrible. CBS, I hate that. They show the kind of rigmarole and I was like, Oh cool. Like I'm at least they're showing a group of men. They literally like after she, after she, uh, the episodes getting tested. They show a scene of a group of men at CBS being like, "Stop touching the guests." And Judy's uh-huh. like, "But I touch people. But I want. I need to touch people." It's a like, boardroom scene, and it's it was very reminiscent of the Pepsi scene in um, <laughs> Mommy Pepsi Dearest. Scene. Pepsi scene. Yeah, don't fuck with me, fellas. The boardroom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Faye Dunaway could never. Yeah. Um, but and also this idea that these these CBS executives were telling Judy Garland that they polled the audiences and that she makes audiences uncomfortable. Everyone, everyone loves you. Mm-hmm. But uh, here mm-hmm. are some of the comments from the uh, comment mm-hmm. cards. <clears throat> too nervous. Oh, well, you'd be nervous too if you're in my shoes. <laughs> too much uh, touching of the guests. Excuse me? You touch people. Well, I certainly hope so. Physical touching. Don't do it. Uh, I'm a woman who wants to reach out and, and take 40 million people in her arms. Dinah Shore doesn't touch. Doesn't she? Mm. We have <clears throat> uh, this scale that measures how comfortable people feel having you in their homes. Mm-hmm. Now. On a scale of one to five, one being the most comfortable, mm. you rated a four. Just so you know, Lassie is a one, consistently. <laughs> is it just me, or is this not the most preposterous? Am I, do I have to sit here and be subjected to this? This is all based on the most up-to-date scientific research. Oh, scientific, huh? You know how I do my research? Right here on my behind. If a performer stops me getting up from out of my chair to get some popcorn, that's all I need to know. Excuse me, excuse me, gentlemen. I don't hear anybody talking about the great reviews. We're very pleased with the reviews. The critics love you, as we do. But reviews don't necessarily translate into viewers. You just have to change everything. That kind of really strange mind fuckery. Yeah. You know, being like, no, you're great, you're great. You just have to do everything different, uh, differently. And um, I went on a big dive on the show. Uh, we'll get into it when we do the show. But it's it, 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 they were they were in constant turmoil. Like the choreographer was fired in the middle of it. The director was fired in the middle of like of the of the first season mm. and completely scrapped. So they, uh, it created unbelievable television though. Like, oh my god it's some it's some of the most like incredible if you haven't ever gone to youtube and google uh the judy garland show old man river and it's the mm-hmm. most important i think it's the most important um artifact of human culture uh in existence i'm so really for, into her battle hymn of the republic too so do a twofer yeah i think though that that might be canceled now <laughs> it might be well it, but it wasn't canceled then so you can appreciate it appreciate it then and then don't do your normal sing-along that you do every day to it don't now. do a sing-along <laughs> of that please <laughs> but also she pulls the most diva move in this tv boardroom scene which is 
when they're all telling her how she should change everything or that people aren't comfortable with her, she picks up the phone and calls John F. fucking Kennedy. Oh, hello, Jack. I, I, I know you're terribly busy. I just have one question for you. Did you watch the show this week? Oh, you did? Wonderful. Jackie, too? Darling. On a scale of one to five, one being the most comfortable, how comfortable would you feel having me in your home? Oh, a one. <laughs> a one, really. She gets the president on the phone. And this, you know, is the only time Judy Davis sings in the movie. Oh, oh, oh. That's actually Judy That's, Davis yeah, singing. Yeah. She sings, she like asks JFK on the phone if he feels comfortable with her in his home. And then he asks her to sing over the rainbow to him. All right. <clears throat> I'm a little hoarse. Somewhere over the rainbow, way up high, there's a land that I heard of once in a lullaby. And on record, or Liza's on record saying that that was a, like a weekly thing. Yeah. Like, the, that they would have a little little chat, and then he would ask her to sing the final bars of, Oh, I'm going to cry. That <laughs> is just so sweet. <laughs> There's your cry cue. Oh, yeah. That's so sweet. I know. I know. People um, really loved her. That's the, so I was, I was writing in our notes... Why, why do all of these stories have to be so sad? And I get, you know, I get that Lorna Luft had to sell her mom slightly down the river to, because that's what people want to read about. They kind of want to read about the scandals. Liza mm-hmm. refused. There's a, if you really, there's, there's an amazing thing on YouTube called Divas on Divas. And so if you just want to, <laughs> I'm like, you just can type it in. Debbie Reynolds on blah, 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 blah. And it's Liza. <laughs> so there's an hour and 23 minutes of Liza on Judy Garland. Yes, girls go ahead and take all the time you want. And, and let, and straight up people would be like, how fucked up were you being raised by your mom? Like they would straight up be like that to Liza. And Liza was like, Liza was like, get the fuck out of the room. Like my, what my mom gave me was the ability to stand on stage and do something that almost no one else can do. So that's what I got from her. And that's like what I'm going to celebrate and say. And she's like, and we, she was like, it was fucking fun. It was like, she was like, I went to 20 different schools in the span of like five years. Like sometimes we lived by the beach. Sometimes we didn't. Like my mom was, what she was like, what she says and what I think, what I want more of is she was like, my mom was fucking funny. She was funny and she had joy. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, that's okay to tell uh, alongside addiction stories. It's okay to acknowledge that. Like, a woman, that's what I fucking hate about things like I, Tanya, where it's like, look at this woman. All she did was suffer. No, she was a full-fledged human being that also experienced joy and was an amazing performer. So It's kind of that amazing mirror. thing, and I know, it's not, I know it's not a serious thing, but it's a beautiful thing about AbFab that even though when you watch AbFab, you're like, these two people are serious drug addicts. They're having yeah, they're a mess. such a good time. Yeah, they're, <laughs> but they're living, yeah. And... Uh, I, I just think that her life, it just like, of course, when you're doing these things, you break it down into kind of an, an episodes. It's episodic 
um, moments of their lives. Right. But I just think, that, but they never want to include just the moments where she's just like having fun performing on stage, you know, like having a laugh with her crew because everyone that knew Judy still loved Judy, rooted for Judy, wanted the best for her. She still was able to keep people in her orbit. She wasn't a total disaster. No, people loved her so much, but also you have to, I have to think about like Lorna Luft being in two shadows it's like me and my shadow. No, Lorna, it's you and your two <laughs> shadows, it, babe. Because two it's shadows. Like oh my God, being two shadows. Judy Garland's daughter and being Liza Minnelli's sister is not an easy life. Like and one, you want to be a singer? Like, think about poor Joey with three shadows. But, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, rip, I was, or, what happened to Joey? I looked him up. He's bald. I know oh, I can tell you that. See, that's what happens with three shadows. <laughs> three shadows. You can't get any hair to grow on that. When you get two, Baba Duke. When you get three, full bald. Full bald. <laughs> Baba Duke. Um, <laughs> shout out to the Baba Duke. Lorna so Luft Baba is Duke, kind of. So if you didn't know, Baba Duke is made of two shadows. So, <laughs> like that's. Lorna Luft is kind of the Baba Duke of this family, though. I did this kind wiki of. today and it's dark. Okay, so the thing I found out that is not included in this movie is that Lorna says in the book that she had an affair with Barry Manilow. Yeah. Which, yeah. whoa. But they're Gross. super close. They're super... Another Baba Duke. No, that is some Baba Duke. On, that is some shadow on shadow work. <laughs> that is some shadow fuckery right there, bitch. And I did some listening to Miss Lorna's uh, <laughs> album today. And she has a lot of mama in that voice. and But she also has a bit of Patti Lapone quality. I mean, Lorna Luft has had a career as a Broadway and touring performer for a very long time. She's very big in the UK now. I mean, Judy, Judy had, Judy, Judy was getting all of her kids in the act. And what, and one of the things is that Judy, Judy said to all of her kids, she's like, mama's going to have to go on the road. Like to make Mm -hmm. that money, mama has to go on the road. You have a choice. You can, you can stay here and you, you have these things, or you can come on the road with me and live that kind of lifestyle. And the the kids, you know, however you want to believe that, but the kids decided to go with mom, and uh, and then so she included Joey. She included them all. All of them have been part of her act. So mm-hmm. um, uh, Miss Luft was, you know, uh, performing since she was a a, ki- a kid, right? And, yeah, and she went to the same school that Liza did, the school of Judy. But she, she's not really Liza, and this isn't really for the girls, but. Her and she's career. not Judy. No, it's okay. I mean, she, yeah. she, well, and it's also called In Her Shadows, you know, like, right. she's literally in the shadows of divas. This is, uh, no one, I would, I wouldn't want to be in either one of those shadows, but double no. shadow work of that time, that would be too much. It will turn you into the Baba Duke. It will turn you into the, it will, you will, you'll fuck Barry Manilow for God's sakes. <laughs> so like. So in 2002. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? In 2002, Lorna Luff starred as Mama Rose in a University of oh, Richmond this was production my of Gypsy. Tea. I was like, this what? Was my I was tea. like, this is the dark, like, showbiz. This is a showbiz pod. If you didn't know by now, it's tough. It's a tough business. <laughs> it's a tough world. She Man. also has had some health scares. and um, Yeah, and she's, she's survived cancer, both of the breast and of the brain. So, Wow. Good job. Good job. And, 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 and yeah, you know, I mean, I do find it very interesting and just kind of how, what that world is. You know, both 
Lorna and Liza will say that, like, you know, yes, everyone wants to say how weird my our childhood was, but it was just our childhood. And everyone else around us grew up in the same childhood. Like, because our parents were so, so like, the top echelon of celebrities, everyone around us were also celebrities. And every kid had the, you know, had, were raised by celebrity experiences. It wasn't like there was a big juxtaposition of their lives. They right. didn't know anything else. Right. Yeah. And it just, it's just always so, I, I think... It's kind of interesting that we have to get a lot of this information from children, from their children, because the parents are dead and it's the children who are talking about what it's, what it's like. Yeah. And, and because, yeah. One of the things I was like, well, definitely, I feel like Judy at least was like, my mom was heinous. You know, I was like, that must be very, that must have been truly passed on. You know, that was Yeah, a and Ethel experience. was really, really terrible to Judy. And you really get that in this movie. Um. From- Marsha Mason really delivers that darkness to you. So at the end of the movie, um, last 30 minutes of the movie, uh, this is the funnest part for me is Judy can't pay for the hotel that her and Lorna and Joey are staying at. So she's like, I want you to put on all your clothes. I want to put you on. Love this. Guess what? We're going to have an adventure. It's time for the old switcheroo. Mama, do we have to do this right now? Yes, we do, Joe. Uh, unless you want to visit your mama in the poorhouse. Now, I want you to both get up and get dressed. And then I want you to keep getting dressed until you've got all your clothes on in layers. It's going to be great fun. We're going to pretend we're escaping from a German prison camp. Mama, where are we going? To the St. Moritz, sweetheart. Don't you like it there? Sure. <laughs> the coast's clear. Head for the elevator. It's so fun. <laughs> it's a, so it- fun. It's um, so fun. So many of these, like the last 30 minutes is a tour de force. Like when she freaks out about her medicine, all I kept writing is tour de force. Oh, where she thinks, where she thinks Lorna hit it? Yeah, where she thinks little Miss Allison Pill stole her pill. Tell me, what have you done with my medicine? The medicine isn't in here, no, Mom. Don't you lie to me. I know it's in here. Don't do this. Get out! Both of you get out! Don't go to Mama's room. Get out! Sons of bitches. They took everything from me. You think all I can do is sing? There's a lot more going on here than just a voice. There's a there's a heart and a and a mind and love. There's a lot of life going on here. I son, I entertained them. Please, wives, I. Please, children, I please. I did not know that it was Alison Pill until I read the doc, girl. Alison Pill was in charge of the pills. Wow, she's a pill. She's a pill and a half. She's a shadow. <laughs> she's, she, she gives the pills to the shadow workers. She, um, Alison and Alison Pill as the Babadook. Alison Pill. Oh, well, Alison other- Pill's like, okay, one thing I'm not going to do, you dirty motherfuckers, is kiss Barry Manilow. I don't want <laughs> I'm 15. I'm not making out with Barry Manilow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but this is so this so that's the part where then Renee's Judy picks up, and I was mm-hmm. so there was like a real kind of um, compare and contrast Overlap. with that. Ugh. My can't tell you my favorite Bop moment though is when she's about to jump out the window. Oh yeah, of yes. the hotel. Miss Garland just paid the bill. Mama, Mama jumped. Miss no, 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 Garland, I, I beg you, please come down from there. You could hurt yourself. Oh, I could hurt you too, couldn't I? 
Beg your pardon? Well, how's it gonna look for you when Dorothy jumps out your window? Miss Garland, that's blackmail. Out of the way, I'm coming down! You win, Miss Garland. For now. Mama, Mama, are you crazy? Oh, don't be silly, sweetheart. It's all part of the myth. Help me down. Oh, oh I'm starving. Can I get something to eat? Chinese, the Italian. <laughs> and you're like, oh, she's still hungry. Yeah. I feel like Judy really, Judy Davis really tapped into that hunger as like her kind of primary source of like the engine that drove Judy, like a hunger for money, for fame, but for food. And that she was just, and that she was also like, I mean, again, I keep saying what fucking Liza said, because I watch 123 minutes of Liza Minnelli talk about her mom. But <laughs> yes. Liza, Liza was like saying, um, she was talking about how uh, she was on stage with Mama. They all called, they all called her Mama, which I love. Uh, I guess Lorna, did, Lorna, the fucking Babadook, didn't want to actually call her Mama, and, and Judy would put her in her place for that. But... Um, <laughs> But like she was describing being like, you know, I, I think in, in London, Liza was performing with her mom and Liza was like, maybe not going to make it. And, and Liza comes in as kind of helping her mom get through the performance. And she's getting off stage and she's like really worried about her mom. She's like, oh, this, this could be bad. And Judy just turns to Liza and goes, oh, I'm hungry. Do you want Chinese? <laughs> <laughs> and just, it's just to be able to bring, and I do think that Judy Davis really brings that high drama, but then also just the real, just the Dude, kind of like this survivor, that dry sense of humor. I have to say this, like I, I we, 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 we stand for what Renee did. We still do. Imagining Judy Davis though in that film, I think would be yeah. literally like earthquake shattering, fault line breaking. Yeah. I just think of, like giving Judy Davis that specific role in that specific, I think like we would literally like be pulling our fucking hair out, not knowing what to do. I think it would have been, and so I, I'm a little bit, um, you know, yeah, I, Renee, I think I would have really Renee is that. not as volcanic as, I mean, Judy Davis, every performer, I can't, I'm just, okay. Also, you have to get a Judy Davis's <laughs> face tattoo on your lower left ankle. You know what we didn't talk about though, which I want to, is the Carnegie Hall performance in this movie. Which when Judy stayed up for three days before, she uh, didn't, the line is she didn't know what her meds were going to do. Yeah, so she just so so she made the another decision <laughs> to just stay she up. Took over, and I will say that when um, Judy Davis goes towards the stage, it's a little Kristen Wig. <laughs> it's what a it, little bit Kristen Wiig. Oh, <laughs> she's doing like she's going like oh 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 with like the with the I, but I love that she's doing that with the um with the like soundstage people. <laughs> she's just yeah. like flapping her arms in front of their face, and, I, and they're just like we, I was like this is a little Kristen Wiig. It was intense. It was so good. I was loving it. it but was this, so good. but I, I had this thought about Judy Garland at Carnegie Hall, which is like. Judy has sacrificed herself on the public altar for us like 17 different times. You know, she, what do you mean? She's just like, like risked her entire life to perform in a way that no one else has before or since just for the people who loved her. And she almost died every time, you know, she, I, I love and, that because I was thinking about how I was thinking about how, like, you know, you can make the argument where like, well, a lot of people went up in the, that you know the system that she she grew up in and didn't turn out as, as the way that she did and i was like the difference is 
no one was the genius that she was. So that's what happened. Mm-hmm. You can't live on this earth that long and be that kind of genius. <laughs> like you, I know. you're just going to flame out. Like that's the, he, the truth. She also, there's that great quote in this movie where someone says to her, you half dead is still better than anybody else. Mm. Which is mm. so true. Mm. And, but you still think like, what are you asking her to do? Like literally to do it. It's like, it's like Jean Grey, you know, like literally to do it. You're probably going to die but we need you so badly, you have to do it for us again. Jean Grey was always fainting, wasn't she? Always Every fainting. Time, always doing that faint scene. Always <laughs> just performing so hard. Is she had a crumble? Yes. We're going to do Grey. full, full Jean, Jean Grey episodes on the Patreon. Yeah. Yes. Oh, please. Please, you kidding. I would love it. And then, and then, so then we go to London and she's, she's away from her kids. This is when her kids are kind of like, we think we're done, mama. Um, and, and again, she's ends. broke. And again, she's broke again. She's broke. I mean, and she... I did. I was not here for seeing the dead Judy. As you know, that is not my favorite thing on earth. I don't like seeing that. I don't think that that's fun. I was here for um, a. I loved her talk about like how everyone keeps saying she's having a goddamn comeback. She's like, what do yeah. I? What am I keep coming back for? Um, but I really do love, and I love when biopics do do this, is when they show like the real funeral and how, and ever, and the real time of everyone mourning mm-hmm. her. And they do, they go, they show, so they don't, they don't, they, they show us the casket with all the beautiful flowers on that. And that to me was really special just to yeah. see how impacted she was and how everyone still really loved her. You know, a big thing, a big thing that we don't really think about is like there was only like three channels on our, on your television stations back in the day. And they, Wizard of Oz was actually not that big of a hit. Some people said they did, they maybe had even lost money from the film. And but what happened was they aired it on TV. Hmm. And it was like it like smashed records and so they did that every single year and it was an event for like a decade plus of her life. So every year more and more people this became their favorite movie and Judy became, you know, this icon mm-hmm. in this certain way. So even as her, her, her star is dying, people were just gaining more and more access to her. Um, and I think that that was like a really, you know, so she kind of, she, she's lived in the cultural um, conversation uh, for so long, even when she maybe wasn't making so much, so much noise, so much news or good news back, back in her last couple of years. So, yeah. After the credits on this movie, they go out with uh, her Get Happy, which I just fucking love. And Judy Davis kills it and really kills this choreo. Yeah, this is great. And also, I love that they end up on a happy note, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they saved that. They saved it. I was like, I wonder when they're going to play it. And they saved it. And they just kind of give us a more give us an uplift and, and, a show, and show kind of the, the brilliance of Judy Davis and the brilliance of... Um, um, Judy Garland. This is one of my all-time favorite songs. Uh, only Judy Garland can imbue something like this with this kind of joy and life that still is so palpable today. And we hope that you will try to get happy somehow this week in spite of all of your deep wells of sadness from this horrible, horrible time we live in yeah even um, even with sorry even with judy garland's like sadness she kept fucking 
she kept going out there and she kept entertaining and she, she kept she kept her sense of humor yeah. she kept she somehow kept up her nerve um and Fight she gave through. us so much and so did judy davis in doing this movie so thank you judy davis and thank you judy garland and thank you everyone named judy and thank you tammy blanchard yeah thank you tammy blanchard you know Thank what you. other, sorry, you know what other Judy Davis we have to do? You know what else she was in, which she was just in, which you didn't mention the TV thing. Your oh, Feud. Favorite. Feud. 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 Jones. She Feud. Yeah, no, it was her 12th Emmy nomination yeah. as Hedda Hopper. Hello. Hello. So I mean, you. come on. She's also going to be on Ratchet, the new Nurse Ratchet TV show with Sarah Paulson as Nurse Ratchet. Prequel. And Judy, Dav- Judy Davis's character is called Nurse Betsy Bucket. And I can't fucking wait for that. Betsy, my bucket. Give me a Betsy bucket. (laughs) Betsy, my freaking... Betsy, my Baba Duke bucket, bitch. (laughs) Baba Duke. Keep... Watch out for the Baba Duke this week, y'all, because he is prowling. Watch out for your shadows. (laughs) Have you seen those memes of 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 a woman grabbing her her shadow and being like, who spent all my money on wine? (laughs) Have you seen that meme that's going around? No, but you should send it to Lorna Love. (laughs) Found your shadow, Lorna. Oh, we love you guys. Um, send us uh, info about what you want to see here on the Patreon. And, of course, rate, review. Hit us. We are getting, like, we have not been hitting the same level of reviews we're used to. So hit us with some reviews. <laughs> um, share us in your stories. Retweet it. We love you all. We love you. And until next week, get happy. Mwah. Mwah. Get happy, babes. Forget your troubles. Come on, get happy. You better chase all your cares away. Shout hallelujah, come on, get happy. Get ready for the judgment day. The sun is shining, come on, get happy. The Lord is waiting to take your hand. Shout hallelujah, come on, get happy. We're going to the promised land. We're heading across the river, cross your sins away in the tide. It's all so peaceful on the other side. Forget your troubles, come on, get happy. You better chase all your cares away. Shout hallelujah, come on, get happy. Get ready for the judgment day. Forget your troubles, come on, get happy. Chase your cares away. Hallelujah, get happy for the judgment day. The sun is shining, come on, get happy. The Lord is waiting to take your hand. Shout hallelujah, come on, get happy. the river wash your sins away in the tide it's quiet and peaceful on the other side forget your troubles get happy your cares fly away shout hallelujah get happy get ready for your judgment day come on get happy chase your cares away shout hallelujah come on get happy Sun is shining, come on, get happy. Lord is waiting to take your hand. Hallelujah, come on, get happy. We're going to the promised land. Heaven across the river, all your sins away in the tide. It's all so peaceful on the other side. Shout hallelujah, come on, get happy. You better chase all your cares away. Shout hallelujah, come on, get happy.